Hey guys, welcome to week number two of the Hot Takes Dynasty League podcast. Uh, super excited that you guys are still listening after one week. Uh, a couple things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some league activity. We got an award to give, um, as well as some trade discussion, uh, even though there were no trades, talking a little bit about that. Um, additionally, we're going to talk about roster sizes, and last but not least, we're going to get into the mailbag. So here we go. All right, let's do it. That's the second tier. Uh, I, I was thirsty. <laughs> thirsty boy. Okay. All right. So let's jump in. So league activity. Uh, so we're adding a new category this week of the uh, Group Me Spiciness of the Week Award. I feel like there's a sponsorship opportunity with either Old Spice, Chipotle, Cholula Hot Sauce. Ghost Chick-fil-A pe- Spicy Chicken Sandwich. That could come up later. Uh <laughs> So, uh, this week's award goes to Jason LaRoe with the quote, and I quote, Quiet child, the adults are talking in response to Tyler Griffin <laughs> offering a sixth and a fourth round pick for his first, first round pick. Just absolutely stunning comedic timing. Uh, oh I, I thought I thought it was an amazing, absolutely amazing roast. Oh my gosh, yes! It I I seriously almost cried laughing because oh. I know Jason well enough and I know Tyler Griffin well enough to know how the <laughs> both of them felt in the process. So, do you think that was a real trade offer from Griffin? Like Griffin was legit, not like all right, he's gonna take this, but like I'm trying to start the conversation by effectively offering dog shit. that's what it was here's what I think I think Griffin thought because I also thought initially that the trade was for Jason's first round draft pick which would start up draft or rookie draft Uh, rookie draft Uh, okay okay. so not the vet first round but the rookie draft first round which makes sense then it's like all right yeah do you want two rookie or well sixth and fourth round rookie that'd be horrible yeah that'd be terrible yeah Uh, but I think he was offering up the two vet picks basically sixth and fourth for the first round rookie but, I guess that's a little more rational, but that's what that wasn't what he was offering. Yeah, that was yeah, that's what not what Jason was offering. That's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, I was dying. Okay, so here's the real question. Maybe this maybe this like unravels a bigger piece of the league. Uh, has the podcast negatively affected Tyler Griffin's trading ability? Absolutely. Uh, oh, okay. it, it, it'll yeah, he won't be able to trade all year. That's so. That's ex- I love it. I love it that we have <laughs> just absolutely buried him. Uh, I'm super excited to be in a league with him because what from what I've heard. It's a lot of trade offers with Griffin. Not, oh, yeah. not a lot of action. Oh, yeah. He is... So, I've been in a league with Griffin for what, almost four years now. Uh, and he is the classic, like, tries to get you to trade him your best player and really works you. He Like, I will give him credit where credit's due. He will work you on every trade. Uh, but it's really hard to get him to pull the trigger. So... Good luck to everybody. I think last year uh, we made in our other league throughout the entire season we talked about trades every single week. We made one trade and it was like week fourteen just because we felt like we needed to. <laughs> uh, and I I was really happy. I think I won that trade. But perfect. Beside the point. Okay, great. So moving on, league activity. Let's do actual trades. Uh, there were none, but what I want to talk about is the idea of shopping a first round pick. Yeah. In 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 the the veteran draft because mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. Uh, so so let's take Jason's slot for example, the slot that he's shopping. Uh, 
if you're Jason, what are you looking to get out of that slot? I think it's tough with the with the vet first round pick. It you have to get a lot because he's looking at like I mean, if he wants to go wide receiver, he's looking at Antonio, he's looking at OBJ, he's looking at DeAndre Hopkins. One of those three guys will absolutely be available regardless. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, even if he's looking at running back, we're talking about he's probably going to end up with a top five running back yeah. if someone in the first five picks takes a wide receiver. Yeah, so. exactly. So in order for him to offer that up, you've got to be willing to like sacrifice a lot. Like if I'm in that spot, like you want my first round pick, you better be giving me a two and a three. Like that, oh, yeah. that's where I'm at. Oh like, yeah. So anybody wants to offer me that, go for it. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't even I still think don't I, think I take it. I know. I don't think yeah. I, I think you'd have to offer me like legitimately. You'd have to offer me one through ten, <laughs> so so that my roster would be full and I could just leave at round fifteen yeah. and eat <laughs> nuggets while yeah. you guys are all like struggling over which bench player to pick up. <laughs> so if anyone wants to offer me that, I will take that gladly. That's so fast. I think one guy that does have the most uh, opportunity for this is Britton because he's got the twelve, which means he has the one in the rookie draft. So he has a first rounder. If he's interested in shopping that first round pick, I think you can get a lot of value for it because other teams don't have that opportunity. That's you know, right to, to get two first rounders, basically. Yeah, and I also think I also think that um, in that trade from, or from that trade, Ty actually has a lot of bargaining power in this too because he can give away a fourth to maybe move up or do something around that and not actually be giving up power compared to. Yeah. Because all he gave up was his right to choose his draft slot. He didn't actually yeah. give up a first-round pick. So maybe if Tynan is the true gamesman, you know, if we've learned anything from Settlers of Catan, it's that he's not. <laughs> uh, but maybe if he can really muster up some gamesmanship, he can uh, turn this into a big win for himself. <laughs> and, oh. and one thing as well, I think, uh, with Jason and, and kind of the confusion that Griffin had with him, of is it the vet pick, is it the rookie pick? Um, if, if it is the rookie pick. That means Jason has his seventh pick in the rookie draft. And being willing to trade that, honestly, any running back after Saquon is not Saquon. That That's yeah. the metric that it is. Like, yeah. they might be a starter. They might not be anybody. Um, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit more of, like, the statistics of rookies and all that jazz. Um, but what, what is really neat to, to think about is, you know, what opportunity is there in the rookie draft for the vet draft? Mm. Like, I, I know Jason and I were talking, and... I told him, like, I would be willing to trade my first-round rookie pick at pick number six uh, to get a veteran player. I'd rather have a fourth-round veteran than a first-round rookie because I know they're good. And yep. they're still pretty young, usually. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think I agree with you there, and I yeah. think it's interesting. It's honestly something that I haven't really thought a ton about. I haven't really thought a ton about moving draft stuff because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so focused on, like, what am I actually going to do in this draft? Yeah. Like, how much do I care about old people or not? Uh, <laughs> is effectively, like, if guys show up at, like, two leg braces and get shot up with Novocaine for every game, do I care? <laughs> I don't care. Looking at you, Jordan <laughs> Howard, better stay healthy. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, so great. League activity is covered. Okay, so before we get into our league discussion portion of this podcast, first, I need to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Newport Chick-fil-A. Now, have you ever (laughs) thought, man, I really love cows when they're alive and chickens when they're cooked? Well, now you have it. You can visit the fast casual chain that... Thinks just like you. Head on down to Chick-fil-A Newport off of 471. Get all your Chick-fil-A favorites, including the spicy chicken, the three, the four-piece tenders, mm. uh, and the kids' meals, all the ice dream, which what in the world is that, but it's good. Um, and so for this special, which happens almost all of the time, promotion, if you walk in and tell them that you're with 
the Dynasty League, they're going to give you exactly a 0% discount on your first order. <laughs> I'm like I'm not kidding. That's right. You are going to save zero percent today when you let them know that you listen to a podcast about a fantasy league that the owner of the store organizes and plans while he makes other people do his work for him. Okay, so moving on to the league discussion. Uh, <laughs> I think I got him. Dunzo. That was a real ad. Britain submitted that. This is a ball from Britain. Brit- Britain. Britain did not submit. Uh, full disclosure, we get zero dollars from Britain, but I would be willing to accept money. Or uh, chicken. Or chicken. Honest, yeah. Honestly, if I could be, like, nomming a Chick-fil-A sandwich every time we did this... It'd be harder to hear, but it's worth it for the listeners. I mean, it would... Actually, yeah, that would suck to listen. We should yeah, eat it beforehand. Anyway, uh, so back to the league discussion. Roster size. Mm. Today we're talking... So, so last week we talked starting spots. Mm-hmm. How many starting spots do we have? Looks like... Maybe, I don't know if Britain is like giving Ty the benefit of the doubt. I think he is. Three wide receiver, two flex, and then standard from there on out. Um, minus the kicker. But so the roster size that we're talking about now today is actually the bench size, your total size. So 30 total spots. That's 10 starters and 20 bench. Uh, so I think this is, um, honestly, this th- there's so much that plays into like how this affects the league. Oh, yeah. And I think there's another thing that we need to acknowledge is that, like, you and I haven't actually done a Dynasty League before. Yep, first time. But we're not apes. Yeah. So, theoretically, we should be able to deduce how this will play out. How it all play out. Yeah. Um, So, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts on this this seemingly large bench? Yeah, for me, what makes me, like, kind of not enjoy it is the biggest thing the number one thing for me is i love activity in the league um and i feel like with a 20-man bench the odds and the opportunity for waiver wire pickups are so slim uh because like for me personally i know for a fact i will absolutely get my handcuffs um i will probably have two defenses i will definitely have two quarterbacks so my bench is gonna be full of like opportunity for injury and that's probably not going to change uh, because the opportunity or the options for the other guys are so slim. You know, if you look at the um, like ADP for guys after round 20. So at round 20, you're looking at the overall rankings of 230 plus. You're you're looking at guys that are not not your top caliber car- like top top caliber caliber guys. You're looking at Case Keenum, Keelan Cole, Jeremy Hill. Who wants Jeremy Hill? Like, I don't want to take him in the 20th round. And that's my biggest beef with it. Like, Brandon Marshall. I Don't get me wrong. I loved Brandon Marshall last year. And, yes, Doug Baldwin had an injury today, and he's probably going to miss most of preseason, if not all of preseason. He might not even start the year. Do I want Brandon Marshall? No. He's terrible. I had him last year, and he, he burned me every time. And then oh, yeah. after that, you're looking at Andy Dalton, DeMarco Murray, who's not even on a team right now. If Don't get me wrong. He's retired. He could come back. We don't know. But that's, your, that's, that's, that's round right. 21. So you're um, literally drafting retired players and injured players. Yeah. And now, so so back to the, back to the the league activity piece of it. Do you think that all of that waiver wire activity will effectively turn into trade activity because the waiver wire effectively will be like guys that aren't even in the NFL yeah. because we're going to be rostering 360 people. So, do you think all that waiver wire activity for picking up those handcuffs after major injuries turns into trade activity or do you think people just sit on it i i think a lot of people sit on it because it like for me 
when I look at a team, like, I, I Derrick Henry is a great example for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I had him on my team the past two years, and if I was in a dynasty league, I wouldn't have let go of him. Because I had this hope that he'd be this miraculous player, and he wasn't. When I had him, he was not good. And I ended up trading him in one of my leagues because he wasn't good, and it wasn't a dynasty league. If it's a dynasty league, I'd hang on him for five years. He's a oh, monster. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because you never know what he's going to be or what he's going to pan out to be. Yeah. You put guys on your bench because you believe in them. You don't put guys on your bench because you want to get rid of them. Um, and, and for that reason, I think it will be more like, hopefully we see a lot of trades in the league. I'd love to see that. That's What I love about fantasy is activity, action, whether it's waiver wires uh, or trades. I don't care. I love movement. I love people taking risk. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I hope that's the case. I Personally, I don't think it will be, though. Yeah, I... I, I I struggle. I struggle with how it's going to work out because I, I struggle with how much that... So for, the first thing I struggle with is I struggle how, with how much that waiver wire activity will actually turn into trade action mm-hmm. because I, I know... And just speaking for myself, like if I'm sitting on you know an Alex Collins or something and he yeah. pops off one week, am I going to be like, okay, let's move him while he's high yeah. and like maybe someone who's desperate who's looking to pick him up? Like probably not. I'm probably going to be like, well, shit, like if, if this guy just blew up into a like three-year vet... like. Three year good pick. Like I'd rather have him on my roster. Yeah. That's right. And so like I don't in, in, unless like I'm really hurting, which like maybe I'll be in that situation. It's just like it's so hard to imagine. Yeah. Um. But the other thing that I think that's kind of weird about the thirty man roster and like effectively rostering every valuable person, every handcuff, every mm-hmm. potential quarterback, is that I think it actually like so when everyone like that is on the waiver wire, unless like you're you know just like really betting on a sleeper, yeah. what happens when these people blow up is that everyone has an equal shot at that person in a fab system. Yeah, is that like everyone started the the season with like those resources and can choose like I mean they're going all in. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet fab. I'm gonna not bet fab um, because you believe in them for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you have that to spend. Where now you could make the argument that you're spending like player capital but it's not like the waiver wire is going to reject your trade like the waiver wire is not going to be like 80 bucks like fuck off like (laughs) like, absolutely not like it's always going to take it but so then like what what and so like what i'm the reason that i'm saying that is that it actually drives like another source of potential randomness Mm. if the trade rate is low because for example if you're just holding on to a guy for like two or three years and then he randomly blows up and he's on your roster already no and like you're like i'm keeping like because i don't i don't trade ever then like now you just randomly have like a great player because like you not because you like were projecting it but because you got lucky and like you know maybe that's just part of a dynasty league that we have to like deal with because that's kind of like what happens in the real nfl too yeah but i I don't know so so i don't like added sources of variation as we talked about like last week so all that to say i'm not gonna say like i'm out or like well, definitely not like quitting the league, but like yeah. I'm not gonna say that like I'm <clears throat> preconceived, done with it. But I can see more ways that it goes poorly than it goes well. But I'm open to it going well because if it drives trade activity, I think that's yeah. good. Because a lot of times, what happens in leagues, I think at least league, like leagues that I end up in, is that there's a lot of waiver wire activity and mm-hmm. not a lot of trade activity. Yep. Because you want that weight, like you're like, well, I can just get someone better off the waivers. Yeah. So so that that's kind that's kind of my look. I I definitely. For draft day, I'm not excited for rounds 15 through 25. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's literally going to be – I think I'll probably have, like, two targets. And if they're gone, I, I will probably just be smoking cigarettes outside with Chris <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, well, I, again, we, we've not done a Dynasty League before, so we could be totally just morons on the subject. 
and I, I'm I'm excited to kind of continue this into next year mm-hmm. and see like okay let's actually look at where people were drafting and what That's it actually right. did did they ever play that guy they drafted in round eighteen um, <laughs> was he ever good enough did he even have and, a shot <laughs> yeah like for me like when I'm drafting that late I'm like I'm literally gonna be looking at guys that I'm, I think are athletic. That's the only yeah, metric I have. That's it's right. not a matter of like, oh, they're on a good team with a good offense that can pass the ball. It's like, oh, no, he can run really fast. Yeah. He can jump high. Because oh, the I nice like thing is if that guy, if you pick the athletic guy, other teams see the athletic guy, and then he gets traded, yep. you still get to keep him, obviously. So it's definitely like a different strat. Like, the whole strategy is different, kind of like yeah. you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next section, we're going to jump into the mailbag. So, guys, first off, I just – I honestly had i have very low expectations for the way that i perform in life ask my wife oh my gosh <laughs> okay, should, uh, this is no longer pg my friends was it ever cover your ears isaac uh oh my gosh so uh i was really really excited to like literally first day we posted it two hours later response mm. from jason Larroe. loved it huge so props good. The first caller, uh, as you will hear. Uh, really excited to get a response from Ty. Really excited at like the listenership overall. So we had 20 yeah. plays on the episode this week, which is more than people in the league. I listened to it three times. because <laughs> I, Not because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome. I need to hear my own voice because like, it really freaks me out to hear my voice. But because like the first time I listened to it, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a mistake, but I didn't remember where it was. Second time uh-huh. I listened to it straight through. And then the third time I was really listening to it for audio quality concerns. So... Anyway, that's just a long story. So anyway, I, I might have played it seventeen times. That's we'll, well I guess we'll find it. Well, then the mailbag's gonna get super boring next week. <laughs> uh, so uh, we had responses from Jason and Ty. Super excited to go through these. So we will start off with Jason. Hey guys, this is Jason Laroe calling in. I am a huge fan, longtime listener, first time caller, and I just wanted to clear something up and then uh, follow up with a question. One. Uh, I was a little disappointed that you guys were giving credit to the commissioner for coming up with the idea of the World Cup random draw. Uh, That was definitely not Britain's idea. His uh, knowledge of soccer and uh, the World Cup uh, is is rather atrocious. Um, And so that idea came from yours truly. Okay, so first piece of Jason's response, just absolutely toasting Britain for being... Basically a total oaf when it comes to the sporting world because, as we know, <laughs> soccer is, is the world's game. And it, Britain clearly you know, clearly only knows chicken and good old American football, <laughs> which, you know, I, I really can't fault him for. Hey, it's a good man. So, so, Jason, I'm really sorry that we wrongly attributed this to Britain. I have a really hard time keeping up with the group me activity, specifically back when this was decided when I barely even thought it was going to happen and I was trying to save my brain space. So, super excited that it happened, super excited that we're here. Sorry that we wrongly attributed that to you. Let's get into your actual question. My question is about the depth of positions that we're starting. So, three wide receiver, two flex. Um, And so, uh, I understand that this year it might be lightning in a bottle from week to week, and and it can be kind of frustrating. But over time, do you think that there will be this cleavage between great players and not as great players where they could be created through either one phenomenal rookie drafting or two trades. Um, and I say that because 
Some great players have been picked up over time, one being Juju in the third round, Evan Ingram in the second round, and of course a couple years ago, David Johnson in the second round as well. Let me know your thoughts, guys. You're wonderful. Thanks. Bye. Great question. I think uh, that's really well thought out. I'm going to let Cheek answer first, and then we'll see uh, We'll see what I have to add on to it. Yeah, so for me, I think the the three wide receiver, two flex uh, kind of depth at those positions, is, it's, it's kind of tricky just because we talked about this a little bit last week, um, but a, a lot of the top guys that you see in, in, in the wide receiver position specifically, um, you're looking at Antonio, OBJ, I, I would I would argue Fitz. I, I think he's oh, yeah. the, one of the most consistent. Obviously, like DeAndre Hopkins, dynasty but, monster. Yeah, uh, but those guys, you know, they're kind of the outliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other guys that were wide receiver ones and were not like the following year: uh, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Des Bryant. Um, th- those guys, like, yeah, they're great in in a startup draft. But this is a dynasty league, and and having that. That variable of inconsistency with wide receivers, specifically having to start that many wide receivers, um, it, it makes me nervous. I think that it is something that it's it's too large um, because of that. I know you, he had brought up some of the uh, Juju and Evan Ingram and David Johnson. Um, like I know for a fact, Matre drafted Evan Ingram to start him. He wasn't like a backup tight end last year. Um, so to kind of use that guy as an example, like. Some of these guys, like, yes, they are not expected to be great, but some people are drafting them to start them. And when you have to start three wide receivers and you have two flexes, um, it, it just puts a lot of variable out there. Yep. And and I, I just don't love that aspect of it. Yeah, and I think to speak to, like, the time thing of it, like, as this goes for multiple years yeah. because it's a dynasty league, like, so Cheek named, like, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, Mike uh, Mike Evans, and Des Bryant, like, all kind of dropping tiers. Yeah. Like, there's also these people that have jumped tiers, but – the total number of legitimately fantasy viable predictable wide receivers is is the same like it yeah. hasn't gone up over the years mm-hmm. and like running backs are only shrinking and so like the flex pool is actually shrinking and so because the pass is becoming so much more dominant and especially mm-hmm. in a half PPR league so so I I know I don't think that it will get better with time because it's not like like unless you're just like absolutely destroying everyone else in the league on trades oh yeah and like racking up these people then that will get better but as for like the the state of the league as the whole there will not just be like position 73 through 96 are not just going to magically be better Four years from now. Yeah. They're going to be the same. They're going to be scoring very little points compared to everyone else. They're going to have almost the same standard deviation. This is what the historical data tells us. So, so no, I don't expect this roster type to get better and more predictable over the years. Yeah. So, But thank you so much for your question. Uh, really good question. Uh, so now our second question was from Ty. Uh, and it's it's a doozy. It's a it's a nice solid three minutes. Classic Tynan rant. Uh, so, yeah, three minutes. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> we're going to uh, get into that, and then we will respond to it. Okay. First, I want to say that I love this. Can't get enough of this league. This is great. Second, I have an idea for a new segment called Ties Better Using Math Than Matt, or Matt uses math to tell you lies, and Ty tells you the truth. Something wrong that lines, I think you get the picture. Because you use standard deviation to back up your claims 
for not having three wideouts when using two flex. And you said that you're looking at the guys in the 73 to 96 spot, and their standard deviation is five and a half. And then you talked about how the top guys have a standard deviation of about 40% of their score. The problem is that you used a relative to compare an absolute of the lower end guys. Because if we were to look at some of the top guys like Gerlich, Bell, Hunt, Brown, Hopkins, you're looking at 11, 7 and a half, 10 and a half, 10.7, 6.8. I mean, their spread is actually bigger less certainty than the lower end guys. Granted, they have a higher floor, they will average more points, and yes, you can depend on that because guess what? You're trying to get in the highest score every week you can, which is an absolute, not a relative. So I think when you look at it that way, I don't think it really matters whether or not you have three wideouts and two flex or three wideouts, three flex, whatever. You know, you could have as many positions as you wanted because everyone has to fill in those same amount of spots with similar level talents. And you're ending up with similar amounts of uncertainty at every single one of those slots. And really just comes down to whether or not you feel confident that that person is going to overperform or underperform. And it really, I think, is really just about that way with most of the guys you're playing outside of like RB1 and 2s, wide receiver 1s, you know. I mean, just about every tight end is an uncertainty every single week, but you're going to have to play one. Do you want to get rid of them? No. You're an advocate for them. But for the most part, everyone's uncertainty every week because a touchdown drastically changes your scoring is the number one reason any standard deviation actually changes and fluctuates so much because if you don't score a touchdown that week or you don't score two touchdowns that week or you do score two or three touchdowns that week you go way above your average usually or that helps crutch your closer to the average when you have an underperformance in yards and catches so i think you're wrong and you just need to live with everyone else being right okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, I gotta be honest, I'm just now waking up from that nap that Tynan's beautiful, yet kind of surly, yet very pointed at me for some reason, damn, voice, uh, <laughs> so attacking. Uh, yeah, damn. put me into, uh, it's almost like we attack everyone else in the league, uh, <laughs> no, just Griffin, yeah, just Griffin, that's actually mostly true, <laughs> it's actually 100% true, he's the only person we've roasted so far, yeah. And we're keeping that streak going through two shows. So Every week. Might as well keep it going through 200. Uh, so back to Ty's question. Um, I I need to break this into points because Ty effectively gave me his manifesto on how to destroy me, though I think it failed miserably. Uh, so he, here, here's my main response to the like biggest piece of it about how like I did a relative versus an absolute. Honestly, I just kind of expected people to do the math in their head and realize that five and a half compared to seven is like 80-ish percent and that like if you have 40 percent of Todd Gurley like that's gonna be a bigger number than five and a half so mm-hmm. that that's my fault for not communicating <clears throat> that I I guess I'll own that piece of it so I, I will say I could have communicated better okay so two tie-ins like 
overall point here. Yes, fantasy is a random game where you select what's going to do well year over year and week to week to maximize your score. But like that's only fun when you can actually point to legitimate reasons why people did well and when you can actually like project those things. And so my point about talking about these lower guys and these larger roster sizes is that they're almost unprojectable. That when your standard deviation is almost equivalent to your mean, it means that like 60% or 70% of your games, 68.26 to be uh, exact, uh, are going to involve the number, and and your mean is like seven, you're going to score, 68% of your games are going to be from one and a half points to almost four, or to 12 points. So like that's and that's like that's not like oh it could go from that because like obviously like Todd Gurley can have an off week and get one point he can have an on week and get forty points but that More those, those are major outliers but like can you imagine if Todd Gurley who like averaged I want to say mm, what like twenty points a game Mm-mm. towards no. the end of the year his average went way up he did that's true he drug He's it a up freaking monster let's, let's say it's six let's yeah. say it's like fifteen sixteen that's probably what it actually is More but. Even for the point, let's imagine that his standard deviation was equal to his mean like these bottom guys. Like, would fantasy football be fun with a bunch of players who could either score 15, 30, or 0 on any given week? No, it wouldn't be because it effectively becomes a bunch of coin tosses. So, so that's kind of my point. That's kind of my point with that. And two, how Ty worded it, he said it doesn't matter. He, he, he legitimately said I, it does not matter how many positions you add to the roster because everyone has to fill it with the same level of players and you end up with the same amounts of uncertainty in those slots so i'm going to propose the new tynan league where everything is equal everyone gets the same number of slots and it's the same number of uncertainty and it's called two running back two wide receiver one flex and 10 coin flip positions (laughs) so if you call it heads or if you flip it and you get heads it's 12 points tails you get zero i mean according to ty's rules you can make it 100 coin flips because it's an equal amount of uncertainty to everyone. Yep. So, I mean, what if I feel confident in my coin flipping abilities? Like, I know that I'm going to roll it heads. So, so like, the, what if the spirit told me how the coins would fall? <laughs> like, I just prayed really long and fasted for, like, a week heading up to it. Like, so, so oh. ba- basically what I'm saying is that, like, that's a ridiculous argument. Just yeah. because everyone has the same amount of uncertainty on their rosters doesn't make the league better it actually makes it worse because it just makes it more random. Yeah. So, like, when uncertainty is good is when you're, like, projecting to the future. You don't know how to do it. You're trying to, like, put together trades. And this is the exact reason that we've removed kickers from this league is because they're so unpredictable that they're not fun. And Did we have kickers? Yeah, yeah, there's no oh, kickers. Nice. Awesome. I know. I didn't know that. So great. <laughs> what? Uh, what? You didn't know that we removed I had kickers? No idea. Really? No clue. Britain, if you have not made this final decision, uh, now would be the time to tell Borski he's a fool, or me, that I'm a fool. I'm Dude. almost positive we removed kickers. <laughs> are, there, but are there defenses? There's defenses. Okay. There's, defenses. there's defenses. Special teams? That is the that's same the same thing. Do you think we have, like, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, same joke. So, so I, think, I think that the key here is not just ensuring equal uncertainty, because then we should all just play blackjack or craps or coin flip, whatever. It's like... You're trying to actually like project what players are going to do with some level of certainty, and yeah. that's what and construct trades that benefit you. And that's why like there are some good fantasy players and some bad fantasy players. Like mm-hmm. the narrative that fantasy is a hundred percent random is for bad fantasy players to tell themselves why they never win. Oh, to like feel Griffin, <laughs> like Griffin, exactly, exactly like Tyler Griffin. <laughs> 
So, Cheek, I know I just, I kind of ranted there. So, why don't you give me why don't you give me your summary thoughts here? Uh, I don't uh, ever understand the things that Ty says. So, literally, ever, I, I I don't understand anything. Well, you know that's a. <laughs> That's some that's some bold insight that you have there. Uh, so so Ty, I think I, I really want to thank you for your question, but you know what? As I was listening to it, the only proper response that really came to me was just it, it, it's 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 a very famous movie clip. I'll play it for you now because I think I think this really sums up exactly how I felt after you, I listened to your question for the fourth time, falling asleep three times in the middle of it. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, Ty, obviously that was a super harsh roast. Uh, it's all in good fun. I really appreciate your question, and I really appreciate you actually understanding what I was talking about and uh, calling me out on the miscommunication there. So uh, I hope that you're not sitting there fuming with rage. And if you are, <laughs> if you are, send me a selfie. I need to see it. Uh, so that's all we have on the schedule for today. Cheek, do you have yeah. anything else you want to throw in? Uh, no, yeah, that's that's all for today. Uh, the next podcast we do, guys, we're, what we're going to do, we talked about this last week, I think, briefly. Uh, we're going to do a mock draft. Uh, so we're going to pick a position in the draft where we are going to do a mock draft and try our best to build a team. Um, we probably won't go a full 30 roster, uh, but definitely at least do like the first 15 uh, to give you guys kind of an idea of the players that we like in each round, uh, just mostly personal opinion stuff. Obviously, you don't have to listen to us or buy into our thoughts, but you're listening. So that's what we'll be doing on the next episode before the actual draft on August 18th. Super excited. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so uh, thanks so much for listening again. Uh, we really love that you guys enjoyed this and listened to it last week. Um, give us any suggestions. Send in those mailbag comments. We'll try and make sure we respond every week. Uh, we'll keep doing these kind of like random mixed up episodes during the preseason. And then once we get into the season, we'll have a little bit more rigidity of what we're going to do. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, please respond either through Anchor or just by recording yourself and sending it to me. And just make a note that if you respond through Anchor, you have to, you only get one minute to respond. Mm. And so make sure you either get Keep it in that, it in mind. Or, yeah, send it into, or just record yourself on your phone and send it to me. Shorten it up, Ty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ty did not respond through Anchor. It's not uh, a flaw. So uh, thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you next week.